What's going on, everybody? Anthony Jr. here. So excited to have you back and tuned into the safety realm. Today's topic is going to be about struck by hazards. But, but before I get into that, um, I actually had a guest and I want to actually uh, say that we actually did the actual segment last week. However, after recording, I tried to edit the audio and accidentally deleted 99% of the audio except for the last six seconds. You're probably asking me, how did that happen? Well, I'm really not used to editing audio. Usually I upload a voiceover here on the Anchor app and then I add music to the background if I uh, perceive to do so. And that is how you get the actual content. So I don't really edit the audio. And uh, I just wanted to say uh, I have a lot of plans to have more people on the podcast. Me and Miss Brooklyn Scroggins, we were actually going to be talking about this subject, but I will proceed forward. And then me and her will collaborate again in the coming year in 2021. And let's go ahead and talk about today's topic. Now, what are struck by hazards or what could cause struck by hazards and how to prevent struck by hazards. That are go that's going to be some of the questions that I'm actually going to be answering today. But first, let's get into OSHA's definition of a struck by hazard. It says a OSHA's um, definition of a struck by hazard is an injury that produces force, contact or impact between the injured person and object or piece of equipment. So, for example, if you're using a crane, let's say you're using a crane and you're getting ready to pick up a load that's about two to three thousand pounds. Let's say you have a subcontractor coming in. They're going to pick up this load and it needs to go up to the roof of a 20 story building. That means that there will be a potential for a struck by hazard. And what are some of the causes of that potential using a crane for a struck by hazard? Well, let's say that they have not super high winds, but let's say they have about mm, 17 mile per hour winds. That is a possible struck by hazard because that actual crane, when it lifts up that load, it could possibly swing. Well, it's going to swing actually in seven and 17 mile per hour winds. So that operator would have to do everything that he or she can. And they would actually have to make the call on whether or not, according to their training, whether or not that specific load would even be able to be picked up to completely eliminate the possibility of a swinging object that could be out of control from that suspended rigging equipment that is being picked up by that crane. And it could possibly hit someone swinging in the wind. That's a actual struck by hazard. It being picked up in the rigging failing if it's not inspected properly. That is a possibility of a struck by hazard as well people getting hit by the crane as it pivots on its axle in its stationary position that is an actual struck by hazard so that's just um just a little uh or quite a bit of information so that you can understand what a struck by hazard is now here's another example of what could cause a struck by hazard there are four of the following struck by hazards in construction. You got struck by falling objects, which is what I talked about. Um, struck by swinging objects, 
And then I talked about that and struck by rolling objects. That could be a heavy piece of equipment that is moving, some type of a truck, an 18-wheeler, a dump truck, whatever is being used on that job site. And then also you could be struck by falling objects, which I talked about as well. Let's proceed forward. Now, I talked about how we could prevent um, some of these hazards in previous segments, but I didn't talk about struck by hazards. So let's talk about how we can prevent some struck by hazards. The first thing that I always say is we should always do what is called a job hazard analysis for the work that's about to be performed. That means we get together as a group. We discuss whether or not the crane, I'm just using a crane for an example in this segment, should even come out. If we're getting 17 mile power winds, we should call that operator or call that company and say, hey, do you all think that today's atmosphere or the environment with this with the type of wind that we're having especially if you're having wind above 20 miles per hour you really should take caution and it all depends on the load some loads are really light and you just it's, it's just very difficult for a crane operator to just really have complete control of that load as a matter of fact whenever you don't have high winds it's probably the best times to actually fly any type of material but, you know, you first want to make sure that the atmosphere is conducive. You know, are, are we going to be having super high winds around the time that the crane will be coming in? Um, and then another question is, will the winds only be high for a certain amount of time? Would it only be high for the morning time? And if the crane is supposed to be um, coming in for the morning, well, maybe we should push that time back for the afternoon. Something in regards to that. And then, you know, how are we going to block this area off? These are things that we all should be answering on our job hazard analysis sheet. Now, can the struck by hazard be eliminated? Now, if you're using a crane, you know, for the most part, the struck by hazard is not going to be completely eliminated. However, if it is something that you can maybe use a, a um, let's say, some type of a let's say an elevator if you can use that to get some equipment that may be 150 pounds instead of using a crane you could do that that could be a way to eliminate an actual struck by hazard then third can we find a way to isolate others from a struck by hazard now what do i mean by that that's going to be actually doing some type of administration the struck by hazard is there we can't get rid of it right we have a crane we can't get rid of it we're going to go ahead and use a crane to pick up let's say in this instance a piece of equipment that's a thousand pounds or 400 pounds and we don't have any other way to really get it up there let's say we're building a building and we don't have an elevator we don't have any type of uh i don't know some type of some type of rigging equipment to where we can get it up to that roof we just got to get a crane well, then we need to administer something, change the way people work. We need to, to discuss what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to use all of our PPE because we can't get rid of the falling object or swinging object. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to isolate that work area. Now, what do I mean by isolate the work area? If we have the crane coming on the northeast, northeast side of a construction site or a building, rather, it doesn't necessarily have to be a construction site. You could be replacing a unit on a pre-existing or already existing structure. If the crane is gonna be on the northeast side and he's gonna to have to swing out 400 feet, we need to go about an extra 
500 feet and block that area off by some red caution tape and setting spotters around the actual area where the actual employees on that job site or in that area may be trying to come in and find a different way for them to be able to get in and to exit that specific building by using barricades, hard barriers or spotters. That is one of the ways that we can actually deal with the crane operation if we cannot eliminate the actual struck by hazard itself. Now let's proceed forward and then fourth um, we can also I already talked about this one actually is changing the way people work. That's administering something. Engineering something would probably be a little bit more along the lines of isolating people from a work area. But lastly, I'm going to talk about is wearing PPE. Now, I always say this PPE is the last of the last resort. It's not going to 110 percent protect you depending on the situation. I would assume and I believe you would assume if something was to fall. All right from 300 feet that weighed 50 pounds and it were to hit someone's head a hard hat will help it's going to do its job however it may not prevent them from getting a serious concussion or some type of fatality right because of the 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 length of the fall you know that that that's a really long fall at 50 pounds you have to think that's 50 pounds of force coming down very fast extremely fast so someone could possibly get in a fatality which is the most saddest situation anyone would ever want to deal with so PPE again is not perfect but it is there to help it's always going to help and let's say that crane is moving and let's say you have someone who's not paying attention and that crane begins to pivot and that load begins to swing and that person is kind of in the way of the load, but the crane is not really moving fast. Any crane operator would tell you they're really not going to move at a quick speed at the most at most of the time until they get the actual load away from the actual ground where people are actually are. Right. And even then, they're not going to move fast. They're going to move at a steady pace to be able to get that piece of material or equipment, whatever they're moving they're going to move at a, a speed to where they can get that actual piece of material onto a roof or to a specific area on the job site. So if that person had a hard hat on and they were to get bumped on the head and that crane operator wasn't moving that fast, that's much better for them to get bumped on the head with the hard hat on than not to have it on because they could possibly get a concussion from the weight of that actual material that's being moved by that, which is a swinging object by that crane. So, you know, some of the things that could happen if we don't take these safety precautions would be injuries, concussions, broken arms, um, crushed by hazards, your foot falling, objects falling, people getting hit and dislocating, you know, certain uh, bones and just fractures. It does a lot of different scenarios of things that can happen. You think, again, about a crane falling, uh, the rigging equipment possibly given out in the rigging equipment coming down with the actual load and striking someone. And this is why we do everything that we can to educate here on the safety realm. I try to make sure that I give all the information that I can in a actual 
language to which we can understand if you speak the English language. So there's just crushed by hazards. You know, you're talking about broken bones. You're talking about concussions. You're talking about a possible wrist fracture of someone trying to catch a load to keep it from falling on someone or trying to save someone's life, trying to be Superman, Superwoman. So there are just different things that could happen. And I discussed to you all today the different ways that we can actually protect one another and keep one another safe, which is eliminating having to even have a suspended load, bringing a crane out. Maybe you can get that up by elevator, depending on the weight of that material. Or if you have to have an actual crane come out, actually discussing whether or not the environment is conducive to even be able to control a actual load whether it's 2000 pounds whether it's a thousand pounds whether it's 400 pounds these are some of the things that we should think about and then also isolating that work area um, keeping people away using some type of engineering control to keep people out of the area where the actual material will be uploaded uh, onto an actual platform or somewhere else on a job site or in a building or on top of a building and then lastly, using PPE as a last resort to protect yourself from falling objects, from struck by hazards and just being highly, highly aware of your environment. Well, with that being said, you all, that's all I have for today. I hope you all have a blessed Christmas. This will be the last segment for this year. And I'm going to go out with a prayer for you all today. For those of you who are listening, Father God, we thank you for this time. We have made it through 2020, even dealing with this coronavirus. And we ask you in your son Jesus name to guide us, protect us and keep us from hurt, harm and danger as we transition into the next year. We're so honored, Father, to know that you love us all and that you created us in your own image, Father. We thank you for another day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Well, guys and ladies, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you all are safe and COVID free. And if you're not, I pray that God will heal your body and give you the sufficiency that you need to be able to make it through this holiday season. God bless. I'll see you all next year. Peace.